Hey, this is Caleb Cole, pastor of Project Church in Sacramento. And man, I am so excited for you to hear this word. I believe God is going to encourage you, strengthen you, and challenge you through it. So get ready to receive from God today. If you have your Bibles, would you open them up to John 12? And we'll read verses 1 through 8. So let's honor him by reading the word together. Okay. Six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him there. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at the table. Mary therefore took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume, but Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, he who was about to betray him, said, why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? He said this, not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief, and having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Jesus said, leave her alone so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For the poor you always have with you, but you do not always have me. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. It is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. It guides us. So Lord, I pray that you would guide us today, not just guide us in thought, but in heart. And Lord, may you transform us from the inside out. May the words that are read today, the words that you speak through me, not my own, but yours, God, may it transform us, change us, and redirect some of us or continue to direct us to where you want us to go. So we love you, Jesus. Be honored and glorified in this place in your precious name. Amen. 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 All right. How many people are excited about a stewardship series? Poor. Are you excited? All right. So really the idea of this whole message or this whole series, these last, um, these next couple weeks, Caleb started it last week. It's really, we have an obsession with not being poor in this culture. We are obsessed with not being poor, so we try to overcompensate and we try to have and gain and look a certain way so that we don't look like we're poor. And there's an obsession in this culture, but the antidote is essentially that we need to pour, P-O-U-R, pour so that God can pour back into us his riches, his glory, his blessing, his joy, his peace. It's not just about money. But here's the thing, God gives us money to steward. And the way we steward reveals our hearts. The way we steward what God has given us to manage reveals our heart. And that's what we're really talking about today. Today, the title of my message is, Am I Pouring? Am I P-O-U-R-I-N-G? Am I pouring? Am I giving? Am I generous? And this is nothing but a heart check. Somebody say heart check. We've got to check our hearts. Sometimes we sink into a rhythm of going to church. If this is your first time here, um, this isn't just about money. This is about our faith. And the way we operate with and the way we steward our money says a lot about our faith. And the decision to have faith starts in our hearts. So we need to give a heart check today. We get too used to the rhythm of coming to church, going to church, doing the thing, making, um, putting offering in the bucket or in the receptacle. Some of you guys, 90% of our church giving is all online. So way to go. Just say, way to go. I've entered the 21st century. (laughs) 
Well done, well done. But many of us, we are like, okay, I gotta do my planning center, I gotta give, and I did my thing, and then we move on. But God wants us to understand that this is really a matter of not just our hearts, but his heart. The way we give, the way we pour, the way we are generous is an act of worship. I think we say this every week, that giving um, is an act of worship. We're continuing our giving through, um, excuse me, our worship through giving, giving and our stewardship of how we pour, how we give and how we are generous is worship to the Lord. So today let's check our hearts because our worship comes from our heart. You believe that? Worship comes from our heart. So here in the passage that I read, we see that there's Lazarus who is just raised from the dead, Martha serving, 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 Martha, 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 always serving. And then we have two people whose hearts are visibly seen, Mary and Judas. And these two people are very close to Jesus. It's interesting that you can be close to Jesus, but still have a bad condition in your heart. When you look at Judas, you see a selfish heart. When you look at Mary, you see a generous heart. When you see Judas, you see a storing heart. When you see Mary, you see a pouring heart. Judas is storing, he wants to store, but Mary just wants to pour. Can we, as Project Church, be known as worshipers who pour out everything to God? All my heart, all my heart, you can have it all. Can that be the posture of our hearts? That's my desire for this church. That's my desire for myself. And I don't wanna desire something for you that I don't, want, I don't desire for myself. Can we be a church that pours? Can I tell you, I'm so thankful for you. I want you to know that anything past what I'm about to say is not a means of convicting you. Because first of all, I can't convict you, the Holy Spirit does that. But I want you to know that you have been a generous church. Since the inception of our church, our offering has only gone higher. You have all been faithful. You continue to be faithful. Can we be more faithful? Absolutely, and you'll hear about that in just a moment. (laughs) But I want you to know that this is a generous church. Generosity is our privilege, that's what we say here. It is our privilege, we get to give. We get to give God back what he's already given us and we get to give even more because he has given so much to us. So we are a generous church, I'm proud of you, but we need to do a heart check. We gotta do a heart check in the middle of inflation. We gotta do a heart check as the holiday season comes We have to do a heart check because a lot of us are checking our bank accounts. A lot of us are checking the app, the credit card app, the bank app, because we need a plan for December. So what better way than to do a series on stewardship in November? Are you ready? All right. (laughs) Let's keep on doing this heart check. But let me ask you a question. What will keep the lid on your heart? that would restrict you from pouring. Here's the thing, Judas, he has a lid on his heart. There's a proverbial lid on his heart that is keeping him from giving more. Even though he's by Jesus, some of us think that it's okay to just be close to Jesus and be in the church and in the house of God and we're automatically generous because that's what Christians should be. But if you're not actually pouring, there's probably a lid on your heart. And then Mary, she's just no lid. 
But what is gonna keep, what will keep the lid on your heart? And you know, I, I planned this message and I was like so ready to be super profound. But this isn't very profound. The, the lid on your heart is you being selfish, period. With a T, period. <laughs> is that cool anymore? I don't think, it's cool. Okay, he's in his 20s, that's cool, all right. <laughs> A selfish heart. Here's the thing, we are all born selfish. All of our hearts are deceitfully wicked and it leads us astray. We are selfish, but all of us are also created in the image of God, so all of us are generous. So we're one or the other. Or excuse me, we're not one or the other, we're both and. We're both selfish and we're born generous. But 1 Corinthians 10, 13, it says, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation, he will provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. We can endure being selfish in our hearts, but the way that we, we minimize the selfishness is by pouring out and by choosing to be generous. That is the antidote to our selfish heart. But we are keeping the lid on our hearts when we say no to generosity. When we say no to the opportunity to give something that we are not expecting in return. Ooh. Selfishness looks a lot like Gollum. Okay, Gollum, anyone? Gollum, Lord of the Rings? I, I don't know why I felt like really funny doing this, but I just wanted to say my precious. <laughs> Was that good? My precious with like the hair thinning. If you don't want your hair to thin, don't be selfish. My precious, mine, 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 mine. That is what selfishness is. It's us saying mine, mine. And I just see as we are saying mine and as we're being selfish, Gollum is a perfect example of what happens in our hearts. It deteriorates. It's still alive. It's still beating, but it's so disgusting. It is, it's gross. It's just deteriorating. You know, we don't like our hair to thin. We don't want our hair to thin. Gollum had like two strands left. Selfishness, selfishness looks a lot like us saying mine over and over and over again. But it's interesting that we hear God say mine when he says, give me my tithe. Mine, that is mine. So yes, I'm gonna go there with a tithe. The word tithe, he couples that word with mine. That is God's. What we see here is a selfish heart wants to store. And that's what Judas wanted to do. But what a selfish heart also does is it steals. What Judas was doing, he wasn't just storing, he was stealing. He was stealing from God. When you're storing and you're hoarding, and you're, then you're taking what is not yours. You know what happened? Can you imagine Judas in, in today, if we were still to have baskets or whatever people use, cause we just do things online nowadays. But if we were to pass a plate, it would be like Judas in the front shouting down the pastor, the one who's the loudest, the one who's saying, oh, preach it brother. And then the offering plate comes by and he takes some of the money and puts it in his pocket and passes it on. Wow. That is what happened to Judas. That's what Judas is doing. Shouting down the pastor, preach it, see the miracles, I wanna see it, do it, do it God, you can perform miracles, and then taking money. Can I tell you that when we, when we do not tithe, we are not just storing, we are stealing. We're stealing from God. 
We're stealing what is his and we're not trusting him. When we steal so we can provide for ourselves, then we're not trusting that God can provide for us. And when we are storing, sometimes we call that wisdom, but sometimes your wisdom is flat out sin. Your own human wisdom can actually be a sin. And some of us will start pointing at others and being like, oh my gosh, the way they're giving, the way they're pouring, that is irresponsible. The way they're giving, the way they're spending their time, the amount of time they're giving to the church, ugh, they just need to calm down. They're doing the most. The moment the enemy can get your eyes off of yourself and start criticizing other people's giving and the amount that they're giving to the church and the amount that they're giving to others, the amount that they are pouring is the moment that he's won because you've taken your eyes off of yourself. This is a very personal matter between you and God. Not even with your pastors, not even with the people in the church. This is a personal matter that only you can have a heart check with God about. Now the only difference, the way we can get from selfishness to being generous is our obedience. Because here's the thing, some of us might be Judas in this place. I'm just gonna be honest. Some of us are stealing from God. And the way that we give in public can still look good. The way we're tipping God may look like the amount that some of us are tithing to God. And the only way that we can make sure that our heart is pure in it is if we are acting out of obedience. Obedience is the difference maker. Obedience changes the condition of your heart. Obedience is the key to keeping your heart from growing selfish. So what kind of heart pours? What kind of heart just says, away with this lid? Don't you wanna do that? I mean, after hearing what Judas does, doesn't it make you just wanna take the lid off of your heart and say, good Lord, I do never wanna be in the position that Judas is in. It's so hypocritical. But the truth is that we're all hypocrites at some point in our lives. We are human. But this, I just want you to understand the heart that pours. It's not the Judas heart, it is the Mary heart. We see her and her generosity. She took in verse three, a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard, untouched, pure, not extracted from, it's just pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus because she knew that he had a mission. She knew that he had walked steps over to her brother and raised him from death to life. She knew that his feet, his mission was to help her and help others and help humanity. So she's pouring and anointing his feet and wiping his feet with her hair. Oh my goodness. Judas over here just being like, gross, that's disgusting. Why is she wasting all this ointment? But Mary, she doesn't even care about what people are thinking in this place. And she just pours it out on him. And I love this part. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. This brings me back to worship. The way that we give, the way that we pour, it could either be a sweet aroma in God's presence or it could be nasty and stinky. Oh, may our worship and may our pouring be a sweet aroma in his presence. A generous heart. Do you understand that what Mary gives here is 
worth 300 denarii. And it, this is something that Mary has not just earned because she works all the time. This is something that the theologians say that has been in her family for a long time. This is, was a treasure to her and her family. This was a treasure and she pours it all out on him. Some say that this amount that she is pouring out on him is a year's worth of wages. I want you to sit here, close your eyes because sometimes I have to close my eyes when I'm doing math. But how much do you make in one day? Multiply by 365. And that is the amount she gave to Jesus. Open your eyes again. Okay, I'm gonna keep going. Unless you can do math quick. <laughs> this pouring is generous. And you might be thinking, oh, I knew it. I'm not giving enough. And then shame is starting to set in on us. And we're saying, I can't give enough. I didn't give enough. I need to do more. And, and no, 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 that's not the point of this message. There's no shame in this place. There's no condemnation. I want you to understand that generous, generosity looks like more than an amount. Generosity is giving without expecting anything in return. Because here's the thing, Mary is so full of gratitude because Jesus just raised her brother from death to life. Generosity for her, it looked like all of this, but it was out of gratitude. I want you to understand that even David, King David, who was a quintessential worshiper, the one who worshiped God and said, better is one day you're in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. This man who loved God, he gave what would amount to today's um, money to $20 billion to build the temple. Somebody say 20 billion. $20 billion to build the temple. And Jesus, or God, he says, that is extravagant giving. Your extravagant worship was extravagantly generous. But you know what else he calls extravagant? The widow's mite that she gave at the temple. And you know what a mite is? One eighth of a penny. One eighth of a penny. You're saying, what, $20 billion, one eighth of a penny? That is extravagant giving? Absolutely, and it's because of the condition of their hearts. It's because of their hearts. It's not about equal giving. It's not about weights and measures of how much you're giving and how much you make. It's about your heart. It's about equal sacrifice. That was a lot for the widow, and that was a lot for the king but it was the condition of their heart that made that not just giving and not just a tip to God, but it made it worship to God. Yeah. That was a sweet fragrance and aroma in the courts. Man, it's not about equal giving, it's about equal sacrifice. What are you sacrificing? If you wanna answer the question, am I pouring? You have to ask, answer the question, am I sacrificing? There's three levels of pouring or giving and generosity in the Bible. If you were to take all of the instances of giving in the word, and one level is the tithe. The tithe is 10% of what you make. Second is offerings. Third is extravagant giving. Tithes, you know what's interesting? That only five to 7% of the church, surely not this church, but only five to 7% of the church gives their full tithe. You know, sometimes I, I think we forget about the goodness of God that is coupled with mercy. Because I think about if that is in fact true, that only five to 7% 
of the church gives their full tithe, I want you to understand, think of the blessings that we have encountered in our churches, not just our church, but in the churches around the world. And only five to 7% tithe, that is called the mercy of God on his church. That is the mercy of God, and I want his mercy and goodness to follow me all of the days of my life, but I don't wanna rely that he's just gonna be merciful one day. I wanna give my whole tithe. I wanna not steal from God. I don't wanna store. I don't wanna hoard. I wanna pour. He wants us to pour. And he's saying, oh yeah, I'll be generous. Yes, I'll be good. Yes, I'll be merciful, but I can also be pouring out even more on you. And I'm not talking about more blessings. This isn't a prosperity gospel church. Absolutely not. But God wants to bless you. He wants to pour out on you. He, that is just the economy of heaven. And we are citizens of heaven. If you have accepted the Lord into your life and you call him the savior of your life, the Lord of your life, then that means that you are a citizen of heaven. And in his economy, when we give, he gives back. That's just what he does. Even if you don't even give the full tithe, he gives us. He has given you breath in your lungs. He has given you a church to sit under. He has given you witnesses around you. He's given you the body of Christ. He's given us so much. And I'm telling you, if you start with the tithe, that will break through so that you can give offerings and that you can give extravagant giving. Man, my prayer this week, honey, I know you, this is gonna make you nervous. Let's be extravagant this year. Let's give him more than we've ever asked, imagined, or thought that we could give. I wanna trust a big God to give him big, because he's given me so much. Can we start with a tithe? And allow that to break through the glass ceiling and let's be extravagant. We wanna be a house full of Marys. The Marys that love his presence, the Marys that pour out Everything we have, all my life, all of my energy, all my thoughts, everything we wanna give it back to him. So what kind of pouring though is rewarded? If we know how our heart needs to be, then how, what kind of pouring is rewarded? I want you to really look at Mary here. Mary, she's also worshiping. I need you to understand that when we think about worshiping, we think about an altar and how we um, burn incense and we burn things at the altar and the aroma that comes up is a sweet smelling scent, right? This is worship. So our worship, our pouring should be rooted in gratitude. I think it's so funny, man. If you put yourself in the word where Lazarus has just come back to life after four, three days being dead. And now he's just chilling. It says, Lazarus was one of those reclining at the table, you know, just like hands back and his feet up and chilling with Jesus. And it might seem like a normal dinner, but then why do you think Mary is pouring out this way? Her Savior just brought her brother back to life. She had so much to be grateful for. She was being generous, not expecting for Jesus to do anything after she does this because she knew he had already done something for her. Can you imagine if he was to bring a loved one back to life for you? What would you do? 
How would you respond? And if it's not like throwing money and throwing your tithe at Jesus, it would be pouring out everything, pouring out all your tears, giving him all your praise, giving him all your energy. What can I do for you? Where can I go for you? What mission do you want me to do? I will do it. That is the heart of gratitude that Mary has. She loves him so much and she's saying, I'm so grateful that you healed my brother. And you're, you're probably thinking, well, he didn't do that for me. Dude, I was praying so much, he didn't do that for me. He didn't resurrect that relationship. He didn't fix that problem, he didn't fix that. He, he was not the solution that you're saying that he was for Mary, but can I tell you that Jesus poured out his whole life for you. He poured out his whole life for you on a cross. He paid the ultimate sacrifice that has forgiven our sins, past, present, and future. For the rest of our lives, we are forgiven. We are full of his mercy because he's so good to have poured himself out for us. So we have something to be grateful for. We have something to be grateful for. He's done so much for us. So the kind of pouring that's reward is, is the one that is grateful. And also, I want you to understand that Sometimes we have to get used to pouring in secret. There are moments where some people have asked us, I, I wanna give my 10% here and I wanna designate it. But I will tell you right now that we will never designate the tithe because the tithe is not ours. We're not gonna say, you, you can't tell us, 2% here, 2% here, 0.5% here and 5%. Did I do the math right there? No, I didn't. It's okay, it's all right. <laughs> I'm really good at math, actually. Okay, 5% here, 3% here, 2% here. Okay, 10%. And we try to like tell us what to do with it. And we're like, we won't designate it because that's God's tithe. You know what I'm saying? Don't ask us. The tithe is his. The tithe is his. And sometimes we have to get used to anonymity. Sometimes I wonder if we're asked to designate things so that we can see how much you've given. I mean, we can see it in your records, but... I'm not checking your records, but I'm, I'm just saying, I know that you put your name out there and you say, this is how much I've given and everything, but sometimes we have to be careful with what we wanna designate in order for the people that we're giving it to can see the amount that you're giving. It got really quiet, babe, did it? it got kinda quiet. <laughs> Pouring in secret. I don't think this is the only time that Mary was grateful. I think the day that her brother came back to life. She was grateful. I bet she was praising him. I bet she was loving on her brother. I bet she was praising him, loving him. But when Jesus was back with them after he performed this miracle, she poured out even more. But that was extravagant giving. I guarantee before this moment of extravagant giving, she was pouring out. She was grateful. She was giving even a little bit. But I think that's what's so great about coming to the church when we're around the body of Christ, that sometimes our worship does become more exuberant. It does become more exciting because we're celebrating because we're close to him and we're near to him, but can we get used to giving and pouring in secret? I wonder if that's sometimes why we don't pour out even more. That's why we don't show emotion. That's why we don't cry. Maybe that's why we don't pour out in public because we have, we have withheld from pouring out in private with Jesus. I think he's wanting us to push past the norm. 
for us to just do the thing. Let's get to church, let's give there. And he's like, I want to be with you. I want to reward you with me. Me, Jesus, I am your greatest reward. And your greatest reward is found in the secret place, is when you're giving in secret, when you're loving in secret, when you're worshiping him in secret. If your greatest praise is only public praise, then I would worry about your inner praise. I would worry about your internal structure that is producing this exterior that will eventually crumble. There's your internal structure just saying, I love you, Jesus. I wanna pour out to you. I wanna pour out to you even when no one is looking because generosity is when you, re- you, you give without expecting anything in return. But sometimes if we're only giving publicly, we are expecting not even from God, we're expecting of the affirmation of man. And that's not generosity anymore. Can we also pour in secrets? Let's get comfortable with that. And can we just pour, pouring that is rewarded, it looks like pouring that brings him glory brings him and him alone glory, not ourselves. I just pretty much said that. Let's do it in secret. Psalm 62, eight says, trust in him at all times. Oh, people pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. God is a refuge for us. God is saying that I wanna reward you with safety. I wanna reward you with peace. I wanna reward you with a refuge, a protection over your life. He wants to reward you. So pour yourself out on him. You can trust him. You know, when we trust in God, like our goal is no longer the thing that we're trusting him for. The, the goal is like, oh, it's him. He's the greatest reward. If I can trust him, I'm good. But some of us are operating so much in our own strength and we're pouring in order to get re- receive something back, not receiving anything. We're receive, we want to receive anything but God. <laughs> We're wanting to receive an answer to our prayers. We're wanting to receive all these other things. We wanna receive more finance. We wanna receive more things that we can conjure up in our head. But Jesus, he himself is more than we can ever ask, think, or imagine. He himself is the reward. So trusting him, trusting him. Oh, people, pour out your hearts to him. Pour out your heart to him. This is worship. Again, this isn't just about the tithe. This isn't just about money. This is about worship and the way that we pour. You know what's so interesting about this um, pouring of this ointment onto Jesus is that when Jesus died and then was put in a tomb, there are some people who go to the tomb to anoint the body and to bless the body and anoint it with uh, different spices and oils. And here what Jesus says is, Jesus said, leave her alone so that we may keep it for the day of my burial. He knew that he was gonna die. For the poor you always have with you, but you do not always have me. What's interesting is that Jesus knew that he was about to die and he knew that his body needed to be anointed because what happened when the people went after Jesus died to go, to go anoint his body and put spices there in the tomb, his body was gone because he had risen from the dead. And the only anointing that he received was the anointing that Mary brought him before he died. And she will forever remember, be remembered as the one who gave him the anointment. I mean, that's so significant 
This is the reward was her being close to Jesus. There's moments where we think that doing good for the poor and doing all these really nice things for people who are um, less fortunate than us, it, that makes us feel good, believe it or not. And sometimes we do it just because it makes us feel good. But God says, Jesus says, for the poor you always have with you, but you will not always have me. What he's saying is what you're pouring out, the goal is to glorify me so that I can reward you with more of me. That is the point of pouring. That is why I don't want you to hoard. That is the reason why I don't want you to store. I don't want you to steal. I want you to pour so that you can have more of him more of his peace, more of his joy, more of his hope, more of him, more of his spirit. We sang a song that pour your spirit out, pour your spirit out. And you might be thinking, okay, okay, I need to do more. I need to do better. I need to do, but no, 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 I'm not telling you to achieve more. I want you to know that there are promises in his word that God will pour out his spirit upon all men. And here's what it says in Joel 2, 28. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. This is the plan for the church. Whether you give or not, he's going to do this for people. He's going to pour out. This is a promise. He even says in Isaiah 44, 3, for I will pour water upon him that is thirsty and floods upon the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon thy seed and my blessing upon mine offspring and they shall spring up as among the grass, as willows by the water courses. God wants to pour himself out on all people. He wants us to be effective. He wants us to experience his presence. When we experience his presence, we experience him pouring himself into us. So will you in gratitude pour more? Will you pour more? Will you not withhold from him? Will you not withhold from others? Will you be the person who pours your life out for people that they may be blessed by what is pouring into you? And that's God, the one who's pouring his spirit into us and over us. We need to share that. Do not withhold. Do not hoard, do not steal, do not store, but pour. And expect the promise to come back to you that he will pour his spirit out on all men. Do you want visions? Do you want dreams? I'm not not saying, do you want more money? Do you want more security? No, do you want more of him? It is our greatest reward. It is our greatest reward. We have so much to be grateful for our church. Let's bless his name by pouring more. Would you bow your heads in this place? Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to the Project Church podcast. We pray and hope that this message encouraged you, built you up, and gave you life. We want to ask that you would invest right now in what God is doing here in downtown Sacramento. We've just recently moved in to our all-new building in the waterfront, Old Sacramento District. We want to ask you, if you'd like to give, you can go to projectchurch.com forward slash give to invest. Let's see all that God can do through us.